Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rare room, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it and anybody can get it No limit, we get to kill it, you tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping, no. any topic, even the random Nigga's a friend I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rare room That's it, that's all I got to say What's up y'all, it's your boy, Hilliard Guest And you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room we keep it real We keep it opinionated We keep it what y'all 2022 He always said 2022 2022 I fucked it up <laughs> We start You on them drugs dude. It's alright I'm gonna let you slide I'm gonna let you slide <laughs> Yeah I'm gonna keep it raw I'm gonna keep it like that <laughs> On this show We discuss entertainment TV Film Music Culture But our focus is always Screenwriting Stories Craft And shit like that You hear his voice Chris Derrick in the building What's up man How you doing well, I can't even actually. <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. But yeah, we don't need to. We it's, need to. It's, it's, it's been challenging the last yeah. three weeks. I understand. Um, but does it, can I just ask you this? Does it look like you're going to be able to go produce at all? Because I've been on the problem? phone calls, like, you know, you know, like doing prep, like right. last week and this week. And, you know, it's great. You know, yeah. I, like chiming in on the casting. and Tell Keith what you do. I don't even know if I know. I am a story editor on The Equalizer right now. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Show. Yeah. So, um, so he, he came off of Star Trek. Star Trek. Picard. Yeah. Oh, I. Off record, I have to talk to you about. Okay, some, we'll get in. We'll get in. Those people. Yeah, but it's yeah. I'm not going for a lot of reasons, but <clears throat> watching well, for one reason. But it's been great just mm-hmm. being able to be. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, they. Um, you know the showrunners have been instrumental in just like making sure that everyone gets to produce their episodes. You That's know, good. and although I can't fly, That's out what there, we're doing on our show. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's great just being able to like you know, I mean it's it's something that we sort of did on Star Trek. It was a little different on Star Trek. Like you know, like the casting was kind of like a group. Like everybody was like right. chiming in on ev- every role and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this it was like, hey, you know, like here's just the, the casting. Like go through it. You know, just me and the director talking about it. You know, sending notes and sitting in there and going through all. The different different rounds of mm. background VFX graphics stunts and seeing all that and seeing all the the previs and and just the location scouting and and, be, and then being flexible when you know something that we wrote well, that's the thing's interesting that like Adam Glass was saying so much of that you write is this different than the tone meeting is this we're talking about we, it's not the tone meeting this okay. is you know I mean it's interesting about you know when we did Star Trek which I think it, we did something a little <coughs> different that I thought was smarter. Hmm. For tone, the tone meeting was the first meeting we had with the director, right. so he was aware of what we were trying to do before we did all these other things. That's like, mainly about the script. You're talking about all the other yeah, departments. Now. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, you know, but I, th- I <clears throat> to me, I think it, it helps if the director is having that tone meeting first before you go through all these other things like casting and mm-hmm. you know locations, so that he or she is aware of what the specifics of the episode is trying to do you know as opposed to waiting until you've done all this prep, go ahead Keith what you, you got know? to say I was, no I'm, j- I'm, I'm, in, I'm just shaking my head in agreement I, I agree I, I, <laughs> I think it's so important to for everybody to be on the same page um, because at the end of the day you know I, I've worked on shows where um, the showrunner is, is you know kind of trying to keep an air of mystery about it. And I'm like, but I'm directing exactly. the episode. What do I say to them? Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, you if you don't have any ammunition, right, you're going to look exactly. crazy. Exactly. So I think it's so important. Right. Yeah. yeah but, you know, because it's the whole thing about like, 
when you're reading the script and you're reading it so many times during prep, it's like, oh, I know what they're going for right. in every scene. I, I know what the tone of this is. I, I know mm-hmm. what this is before I start thinking about things. Like because like you might go, oh, I want to shoot this like this. I want to do one arm, blah blah blah, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you sit down with the director. I mean, the tone and showrunner and the writer, and they're telling you something different. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. so much of what I did, I might have to make some changes now. And it's late into the schedule, mm-hmm. you know. So. Um, but from what I've heard, most of the time the tone meeting is, is close to the end, you know. But we did, I guess, I don't know why they did the different way like that on yeah, Star Trek. But, but anyway, mm-hmm. but on it's it's been interesting on on Equalizer. It's different, the fact that it's a network thing, mm-hmm. a big network show, <coughs> you know, because um, you're fighting for that. You know, there's that release date that that's you, the air date. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. Hey, hey, we just ain't got time to fuck around. Yeah. You know, on, on those cable shows, you're like, I think shows, we're in, in the fall sometime. Yeah, in or? the fall. But you know, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, you know, when we did it, because we were shooting on, because we were shooting on stages constantly. Right. If we missed something, or if we noticed that we wanted to change a, uh, a like a like like change a little story point, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, later on we could go. Oh, <laughs> like let's go back and put that in episode one. Like right. let's just find another day in the schedule. Say in episode six mm-hmm. to go shoot this one scene in this. You know, because it was all because those sets were still there and it was n- nothing. So there's just different to know. Like it's like, hey, this is a this is the fast mini movie. We're out immediately, and just the and all that. And then it's also different for me because we're shooting in a different time zone and a different city. So there's all, which is what you know. It's it's great experience to see the. Um, it's just good experience to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And then we got your little bro, Alex Derek, in the building. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for comic relief. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> artist, artist, cinematographer, all kind of different hyphens yeah, and shit. Yeah, you know, I got a short film under my belt now, and I just got off a TV commercial yesterday. Nice. So, staying busy. You got to keep right, moving right, that right, camera. Yeah, keep moving and, <clears throat> you know, staying. Uh, the year's not over, so yeah. there's still some opportunities <laughs> to flex, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, Keith, uh, Alex is a really talented guy. He's one of those guys who's kind of like a a jack of all trades yeah. guy. like you always ask him like hey you anybody know how to use it? I did that like three years ago my it's wife. like he's really good that's my wife my yeah. wife is uh, she says I'm a renaissance person it's <laughs> <laughs> good that's yeah. a good thing yeah. that's yes. a good place yeah. a good it all comes in handy <laughs> right. yeah. Good yeah. Place. Good place. yeah that's great so before we jump into yeah. our esteemed guest mm-hmm. this is my comment about the uh-oh. uh oh Kanye um, well, yes, Kanye, yay, whatever he's going, like whatever he's going by. There's, there's all this complaint where he's talking about these contracts, these bad contracts. We got robbed and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm always of the mind of, <clears throat> no one's put a gun to your head to sign any contract. Mm. If you don't like the contract, don't sign it. There's nothing worse. It's I say this all the time. Right. It, it was like like it's better to have no deal than a bad deal. Because you'll be upset over the bad deal for a long time. Yeah. The no deal, you, if you, you ultimately should say to yourself, if somebody like this, someone else is going to like it. Well, let me ask you this question. You know? Here's something I've thought about a lot. I told you I listened to this podcast called And the Writer Is. Mm-hmm. And they interview mm-hmm. like all these top songwriters and producers mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm always sitting there going, why haven't they started a union for them? Where... You know, where they run, like, so if you sign a contract, for example, with Epic Records or whoever the hell, you are now part of the union, so to speak. You know what I mean? I mean, it, well, I it's mean, so, the music is, industry is 
the Wild West, Crazy. and it's always been that All way. All these years later, nobody and, has and now it out. it's institutionalized. Right. Like it's part of that. Like right. their Wild West nature is right. a part of of how they continue to exploit artists and, and move forward. But Kanye, but you you make a great point about Kanye West in that regard, which is Kanye West is one of those people who has the the power you know like a lot of people at the at the beginning of their career feel helpless and right. they need to sign a contract you know and this is how you get all of these stories of of artists who've I'm, been I'm exploited. listening to T-Boz right now right. it's fucked up I mean it's fucked <laughs> I mean what happened to them <laughs> fucked Jesus up big Christ, time Go ahead, um, <laughs> but, but when Kanye West you know what they all want is his audience right, right. and he has that audience and he ha- so therefore he has that leverage and then he then he wants to complain about uh, what he didn't what he didn't do mm-hmm. after he's exploited his leverage. Yeah, um, is it feels hypocritical to me. I used to yeah, have they the paid same. you for that leverage though. They well, gave you two million or whatever. That's very to true. In. Yeah, for sure. Right, they, that's very true. I I used to share the same lawyer mm-hmm. as Oprah. Okay, and. He big time, y'all. He big time. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) Trust me, I am not big time. (laughs) I wish I was making big time money, but but um, we, uh, you know, um, uh, Oprah. He said to me, "It's the craziest." This my lawyer said to me, "It's the craziest thing when it comes to Oprah Winfrey. We don't negotiate a contract. She tells us what to put on paper, and that's it. And there is no going back to the other people." And yeah. going well, that's, can you do this? Can you power. do that? It is. It is just right. I'm, you're going to put this on paper, and you're going to sign it, and that's it. And if you're not going to sign it, you want to work with me. And you're not going to sign it. There's no then deal. There's no conversation. There's wow. no deal. No negotiation. <laughs> no negotiation. Period. Wow. Because see, the thing is, you know, there's this book I read. I tell everyone to read it. It's called Start with No. Mm-hmm. If you know, no is is the most powerful thing you have in any negotiation. Yeah. yeah. Can you walk away? Can you walk up? And the thing, and is, and you know, here's the thing. I was telling some of those the other day. It's like if you were like a singer, you know. I remember because Abdul did the, you know, did the the new edition thing or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. If somebody likes your music, someone likes your script. If somebody likes your, somebody likes your 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 movie you've made, whatever it is, they're not the only person who's going to like it. That's true. Absolutely. Now, that's, that's true. Absolutely. Now perhaps yeah. it's like. Hey, I'm knocking on door and this door. It eight. might be a longer road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Like, I guess, like I said, you yeah. hit this door eight. Oh, blah blah blah. Fuck the contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you say no, and then it's like, and then it's like forty more doors before the next yes. Right. But the next yes is a better contract for you. Well, mm-hmm. it, it's just so hard to hear that as for for young artists. I know. It's just a, a hard thing yeah. because you d- you're you excited don't realize just to be get you know that yeah. somebody just likes, be there. Likes yeah. Your shit. Yeah. Exactly. And, and people in those positions make you feel like you should be you should be glad that you got this. Absolutely. And when I was your age, this is all yeah. they offered. You guys get another point. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, you that's know? how I signed with my first manager, right. which was very very. Very much like you better be glad I'm not exploiting you more. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But Kanye West is a different situation because I mean he's was almost what over 15 years of music. Yeah. So I at mean, that point, you know, you should know how to read a. Yeah. Contract is he talking or, about now? Is he talking about from way back? It doesn't even matter. He's talking about how there's a situation where it's just like it's a it's a. It's not interrupt your. It's it's a historic yeah. thing about the con- you you get you, you get exploited in the in the record industry, right. and we all know that is sure. true. But you don't have to sign a contract. 
I know you want to. I, you, like you're, you're, you're playing in the basement or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> right. or, or dance with your friends and mm-hmm. go, hey, here's some money. You could be on stage. There's a huge lure to that. Right. But I think yeah. that everybody who grew, who grew up post-1980 Mm-hmm. Is aware of how bad he'll get exploited. Yeah, I agree. Well, you yeah, know, Trap Called Quest, record company, shady. It's it's different if you're Lucky like Chuck, you know, shady. Like, exactly. <laughs> like uh, you know, if, if you're Chuck Berry, if you're the Four right. Tops or something like right. that, when you're pu- they're pulling you out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and it's like Barry Gordy's going to hook you, then you're like, oh my god. But in the 20, 30 years since then, we've all heard the stories. Yeah. It's up to you to have the 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 to either listen to the story. Right. That's what stories are for to teach us lessons, and then to say if you like it, then somebody else is gonna like yeah. it. Yeah. Right. It takes a it takes a <coughs> tremendous amount of self confidence for that to for for, I, which for, is for hard someone because to listen you, to. You, I agree, but but you are absolutely correct. My grandmother used to say something. That would really piss me off, <laughs> um, but absolutely. That means she's right, right? Well, right. But absolutely applies to almost every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. And she used to say, "What's yours will know your face," Ooh. and that's pretty much the same yeah. thing, right? That it, it that that if someone likes you, then someone else is going to like you for in the right way, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And but it is a very I mean, you know, as a and the reason why I keep bringing up is like that's a hard thing for a young artist to hear. It's very hard. Is because I was the young artist who heard "What's yours will know your face" over and over again, and I was like, "Grandma, stop!" <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm not getting hired for anything. But you know, you know, then when I started getting hired for shit, I was just like, "No, I need to step back and make sure that this happens in the way that it, it, it makes sense for me." That yeah. is all because of "What's yours will know your face." Right. Mm-hmm. On on that note. If you guys are grown, we're jumping into the show. Y'all hear his voice. <laughs> Keith Powell, actor, writer, producer, director. How many other hyphens I'm missing? Uh, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's I like love, swim instructor. I, I love uh, to cook. I'm a big cook. Chef. I'm a, chef. When, I, when I leave here, I, I'm fixing Sunday night dinner for folks. So, oh, that's what's that? I love cooking. It's, a, it's my, one of my favorite things. But I wouldn't call myself a chef. Uh, you just got a couple skills. Huh? I just got it, you know. Like you know, I've, I've got a lot of kitchen ga- gadgets. Kitchen right? experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, a sh- I, there's a chef and there's a cook. Yes. Oh. And I would rather have a cook, a good cook, mm-hmm. than a chef because a chef never really gives you enough. <laughs> well, but, but here's the thing. Here's what's funny. Oh, here's what's funny about that is, is that's correct. Like like chef, the chefs that I know. Like make ramen for dinner. Like they 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 don't. Yeah. They're like the last I'm so thing tired. they want to do is bring it home. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm a home cook. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. Here's, here's just a little jump off of that. Every time I go to a nice place, and and like for instance, we went to had a beautiful like breakfast. Like uh, I went back to Scottsdale with my husband um, mm. last week for our 21st anniversary. Man. And <laughs> we went to this nice place, and they I got these fancy fucking $25 pancakes or some shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it was expensive, but the, <laughs> the view was what you're paying for, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, and they bring in that little ass maple syrup, the smaller yep. motherfucker. I'm like, 
<laughs> the chef is deciding. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah. Right. This is, this is absolutely right. Bring me the fucking jar. <laughs> I want the jar. What a ladle on. Don't tell My me. My shit's got much. to be drowned and so yeah, exactly. swimming. <laughs> with, exactly. with the butter coming off the top. Exactly. <laughs> so, Keith, man, thanks for coming. We were talking no, about having you on for a minute. Good, good to see you out there. Thank you. Doing big things. Yeah. Um, Let's just go back. Just tell everybody, you know, where you're from and how you got into the yeah, game. Yeah, um, I was. Okay, uh, that's enough. Okay, um, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I, that feels comprehensive. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was, uh, I, I was. The, the well, the spiel I always tell when I have to go into meetings and mm-hmm. things is, it's like, well, you guys want to hear my origin story. Here's my origin story. I was born. Um, Son of my friend. Uh, uh, Um, I should start break out the song like that. No, no. um, I uh, I was born in Philadelphia, and uh, and I lived in a house with my mother, my grandmother, my two aunts, who were like my sisters because they're close in age. Females everywhere. There's all. I was the only male, the youngest. Uh, I was an only child. Uh, There was a lot. It was. I was destined to be in the entertainment industry. (laughs) I was. There was a lot of attention placed on me, and and, uh, my family very much emphasized. We were very very poor, but my family emphasized education, Um, and uh, instead of you know like prayers around the dinner table, we would have to recite poetry. and so I was like the only seven or eight year old who knew like Kipling and Yeats and okay. you know Langston Hughes and all those things. And, you you and don't can, know we're gonna get them at the end, huh? Oh God, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom scrimped, scrimped and saved and, and and put me into uh, private schools. I was the only black kid in a sea of lily white faces, and yeah. and often they were very very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was not, and and so I actually feel like that that's the kind of dichotomies mm. that I wa- that made me want to start telling stories. Mm-hmm. And I call myself, I, I, you know, for the purposes of getting jobs, I say, yeah, I'm an actor, or a director, or a writer, but I, I'd like to consider myself a storyteller. Okay. And and that and I went to NYU, um, and then upon graduating NYU, I was an artistic director of a theater company for. Um, three or four years. Lynn Redgrave uh, mm-hmm. did my very first play. She didn't know I was only 24. <laughs> um, so she called me a fucking genius and a fucking idiot often in the same sentence. <laughs> but that was kind of like my grad school. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and then, I don't know, through some crazy set of circumstances, um, I stumbled into... Um, uh, uh, onto Thirty Rock as an actor, right. and uh, how, how, and did that, how did that come? Career. Was it just an audition? Or did it like what yeah, happened? yeah. It was it was an audition. It was like um, so. I was at my theater company. I was about to direct a play that was going to go on tour, mm-hmm. uh, uh, starring Keith David and Jasmine Guy. Okay, and uh, it was a big hit at my theater company, and we were going to go around the country with it, and, and it was going to be great. But I wanted to fire the set designer. I'm like 25 at this point. I don't. I've never fired anybody before in my life. I don't know what the fuck to do. And so I write a "It's not you, it's me" letter. <laughs> and, and I email it to him. The email bounces back. Oh my god! And so I call his agent, um, and. The agent's like, yeah, we haven't talked to him. So I don't know what to do. So I 
print the letter out. I hand deliver it to his agent. Um, the agent's like, yeah, we still can't get in touch with him. What are you doing now? And I was like, well, I was I was chasing a girl out in L.A. I was in New York at the time. but I was, And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to like, you know, live on couches in L.A. Um, uh, until this tour starts. And they said, do you want to audition for some things while you're while you're here the first and only thing they they sent me out on was 30 rock that's crazy yeah um and you know uh i did 30 rock so i never was it in the first did you come in the first season yeah uh, pilot yeah you were in the pilot i I was in the pilot i was supposed to be a series regular alec baldwin asked for for a lot of money Mm -hmm. um then i was supposed to be um uh a series regular if the series got picked up the series got picked up i became a recurring alec baldwin asked for more money (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then you know season two or three i I quit the show twice did you really yeah um but i kept coming back (laughs) um (laughs) you're like i can use them little coins (laughs) well no no, i mean uh, actually oprah winfrey saved my job uh speaking of which um um in a weird way because uh because she, uh, I had quit the show because Alec Baldwin had asked for more money, <laughs> and, and and they were like, we can't give that money to you, and 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 it was like, I can't live off of the amount of money that you guys want to pay me. Oprah was supposed to do a guest spot on Thirty Rock, um, and she uh, uh, balked at the script because one of the characters was supposed to be in blackface. Ooh. And she said, I understand from the way your show is created that if you have this character named Tufer comment on how racist it is, then it'll all, then it'll like, you know, it'll be fine. Um, but I had quit the show the week before. <laughs> and, and so NBC did a cost analysis and figured out that it would, that they would lose more money losing Oprah than to just give me what I asked for over the life of my contract. Wow. And so I came back to the show, yeah. talked about how racist it was that they were in blackface, <laughs> exactly. and then you know just stayed on the show for the next seven years, Jesus six Christ. years. Um, so anyway, that's uh, a good story. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I like that is something we talk about on the show all the time is like nobody's journey is the same. Yeah. And looking at it from the outside, everybody's going, oh, Keith was on the show and he did 100 something episodes or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. And everything was probably perfect for him. Right. They don't realize motherfucker right. quit twice. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. So it was like all that. That's, that's it was not, no, that, that experience was not sunshine and rainbows. But, but I will say that um, the, there are 90% of the, the, the people that I worked with on a daily basis, I consider my family. Mm-hmm. I love them, um, and and I wouldn't repeat this like I wouldn't I wouldn't have not done this experience for the world. I mean, it was it was absolutely an incredible experience, and I loved working on the show. And I'm still very close to a couple of people, mm-hmm. um, not not a couple, a lot of people from the show still. And right. so you know, like it it uh, it was an incredible experience, and it, it made my career definitely. But you know, there were some there were some <laughs> issues. There's no job that's perfect. There is no. I, I tell writers, we tell writers this all the time. Everybody's like, if I could just get staff, I'm like, you still gonna have problems on the show. You know that, right? It's not, right, right. not gonna be perfect. You're not gonna get along with one of the writers. Yeah. Something's not gonna be right. You're not gonna be able to go to set. It's gonna be something that's gonna be in the way of it being perfect. Something. Uh, it's and, and it's funny because in my directing career now as a TV director, 
My wife asked me last night, she's like, okay, so I've now done 10 episodes of television and a TV movie. Right. Right. Uh, and, uh, and my wife was like, okay, rank them one to 10. <laughs> and I, and I kept going, well, this would be number one, if, except for that person pissed me off. And this person will be, <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, every job that I've had as a director and I'm now, you know, I'm now learning there's every show has its problems yeah. and every, and, and it's figuring out how to navigate whatever that particular problem is in the show that keeps me coming back yeah. or not being asked back or you know like um that, that keeps keeps you kind of working on the show and it's about navigating the difficulties mm-hmm. for sure i mean that's the, you know the thing that i was that i really valued about what we did on star trek is that you know the team was so close because we were in this kind of weird bunker mentality for a lot of things is that you know I would they have the writer's room up you know in their upstairs and they could go down to the set and you always just go to the set that way yeah 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 yeah, but it was we were in a lot of pressure so much pressure uh, for a lot of reasons that I don't want to get into (laughs) I don't think I should get into (laughs) but it was um, but but it's interesting because you know, I would hear this like, uh, like, like, the, like the top three people. So the number two, the showrunner, and the and, and the other co-EP, all to work together and came up together doing on Twelve Monkeys. Mm. So they were like mm-hmm. really, really good friends. Right. And so they sit there and talk about this director did this, this director did that, this yeah. director was so and so. Oh my God, do you know what so and so did? And it was like it was interesting, uh, like. I don't say masterclass, but interesting point of view from flying the wall of like, right. Here's how the the brain trust on a TV show right. is is reviewing the the directors who come in, right. yeah. You know, and it's interesting to see like, oh, you know, who knows how to do it, who doesn't, you know, right. I mean, it, it's fascinating, and um, and this is why you know, like, like I'm on set, and every show I've been on. The people on set, you know, the crew on set goes, oh, you're killing it. You're killing it. I can't wait till you come back. And I keep going, let's wait until the edit comes out. <laughs> right? Because you might not think I'm killing it after this edit. And I, and but but, it, but, the, but the, at the end of the day, you have to deliver a cut that that a committee of people are can work with yeah. and 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 do and then you, then your time on set has to be an, a pleasant experience for people yeah. right um, you know there's so many depart as just as a director there's so many departments that especially if you've been on a show that has been running for a couple of years right. already know what the fuck the show is you come in yeah. You just you just got to be a cheerleader mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure that nobody runs into each other. You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, or navigating the difficult star who everybody knows is difficult, and that and and so it becomes your job to navigate the difficult shit. Right. 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 I mean, it's, I mean, look. I mean, <laughs> my two shows. My two shows. It just it's, it's, it's look. High, high A-list stars. You really have to know how to like. It's you have a, to know how to talk. It's a tightrope. It's a tightrope mm-hmm. on, 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 on like a lot of ways. I mean, the one thing is, is that on Star Trek, everybody called Patrick Stewart Sir Patrick, mm-hmm. but he hated that. He, oh, I'm sure. He actually hated that. And there was this black woman on set 
who used to call him um, Pat. What's up, Pat? What's up, Pat? You know, and uh, but he loved her for that because you know she didn't put him on a pedestal. Uh, she put it. She humanized. She yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. "You're just the yeah. dude we're working with." Yes, you. I mean. Yes, you're Professor X. No. Yes, you're Jean Luc Picard. Sure. Yes, you're this. But right sure. now, it's just me and you doing things, yeah. hanging out, and, because, and and you know, and their relationship on the show was like these these friends who've been friends for like 15, 20 years, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she tried to like to bring that to mm. him, like off camera, yeah. to you know, to, to make it feel better. You and, know? and it's knowing those quirks. Yeah, I just left a show that will remain nameless mm-hmm. where. The star wanted you to treat them with deference. Yeah. Wow. And you had to, you had to be, you had to. <laughs> and I, I, you know, like me, I'm going like, who the fuck they think they are? <laughs> and so, but I, I got was on thirty. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, something like that did happen. My script supervisor, my script supervisor was like, they don't know who you are. That's hilarious. That you have more experience than them. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's one of those things where where I ha- you know I sit there and go if that clearly that comes from some kind of trauma right uh, somebody hurt them yep and I just need to make sure that I don't hurt them in the same way mm. and I'm just gonna and I'm gonna move on and I'm, we're gonna get our shots and we're gonna get our day let me gonna, let, yeah. let me just jump off on something because I want to bring Alex in this a little bit so Alex and Chris are you know both you know you're doing a lot of independent stuff but you eventually want to you know do some features and tv and everything one of the things you said earlier that caught my attention um and i know you in a little bit but one of the mm-hmm. things i was thinking about was you you do you came from theater right yeah. which is where i come from yeah. right yeah and and like chris is works at the is it beverly hills playhouse beverly hills playhouse yeah <clears throat> yeah so he cool, works cool, with cool. all the actors as a director cool. yeah right? yeah yeah and so so what i was thinking was because i know you eventually you started doing a bunch of shorts and stuff like I that i did getting, yeah yeah you yeah. know getting your your feet wet behind oh, the screen yeah. that way which is perfect and which is what you're doing now right and mm. so what i just wanted to find out is how because you still acted in a lot of things still then you still do you still how act did, now yeah how did you how did you transition well, that's a, that's a story, uh, but, you know, just like you, I, I, I'm, I, I made a short film once a year for about 11 years. Well, that's good. My, uh, and I would produce it, I'd, I'd write it, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'd direct it, and um, sometimes I would be in it, sometimes I wouldn't. It depended on the nature of the beast. Okay. I made one every year. And, you know, their budgets got smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> as the years progressed. <laughs> um, well, especially considering my wife was just like, But, but no. sometimes you get more resources and people this are like willing to help you. This is you. true. I have a, yeah. I, I've now amassed um, a, a large number of people in it and, and uh, uh, who are, you know, I've, I've, I've amassed a lot of goodwill. So yeah. a lot of people who will, who will work for cheap uh, mm-hmm. or free. Um, uh um, and I do believe that that is a direct what directly happened for me as to how I got into directing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the story I always tell is I I tried to get I tried to direct on Thirty Rock. Um, you know the politics of that show just would not allow it, I'm sure. and and it's totally fine. <laughs> you know, like I I enjoyed I was a small part of that process, and I enjoyed being that small part 
small part, but I, kept, you know, I went to NBC and I said I want to direct um, on on TV. Or I, I at the time I said I wanted to write or direct, but but I really wanted to direct. Mm-hmm. And um, um, and I and NBC said, well, we'll put you in a program, and, and you know, an emerging director program. Mm-hmm. I I was put into that program while I got an acting role on. Uh, the show after 30 Rock, I, w- I, I recurred on About a Boy. Right. They told me that I could uh, probably direct, uh, I don't know, you know, later on in, a, in season two or, or season three or something mm-hmm. like that. They, gave, they, they told me. Of course, the show got canceled before that happened. And, but Sounds I started. Like my career. <laughs> I mean, like, it, like, oh, it was a lot of false starts, man. Right. And, I, and I shadowed all of my friends, you know, uh, Gail Mancuso, Ken Whittingham. Okay. Um, and anybody you know that could let me Ernest I shadowed Ernest Dickin, Dick, Ernest Dickerson nice. who was, was, was like a, just a um, a beast in this industry and mm-hmm. and um, it was all very you know informative and then I started shadowing on um, Superstore which is the first show that I mm-hmm. did um, I can publicly say it did not go well <laughs> really your first director <laughs> no yeah they didn't like me at all really <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, well, I was going to ask you cause, because I love it. I love c- it. Because if I remember your filmography, it's like you directed yeah. this thing called um, Keith broke his leg. Yes, yeah, yeah that was one of the, that was one. Of, it was my it was my uh, I, I did it. What would what would a television show uh, that I did? What would that look like? And it was a weird, esoteric. Uh, n- you know, not deliberately funny in any way whatsoever. <laughs> like it was, like it was like a, it was a very. I, I'm very proud of. It. I I watch, go back and watch, and I go, oh, I get it. Like I get where my brain was going at oh, it. That's funny. And we won a bunch of awards and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. but um, it was really just a, a, a experiment of what my voice was in 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 the television space, right. and and I promptly ignored that doing Superstore. I tried to be all things to all people. Mm. Uh, I tried to, I didn't listen to my artistic voice. Mm. And I was, and I was, in a way, I should have gone back to my indie film mindset. But I was, I I was trying to navigate television and and, and I, and I, and and you know how I, I've said that every, every production has its challenges. I was trying to solve those challenges. <laughs> uh, and therefore, and that would piss one person off. And then, uh, then I'd go and, you know, correct that person, which would then piss the other person off. And it just, it was a, it was a bad experience. I didn't work for an, uh, as a director for another three and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Right yeah. after, right after doing Superstore. I think it was before it aired. Um, yeah, before my episode aired, um, I had a tragedy happen in my life. My my son died. Oh my my, uh, oh, my, my son was stillborn. Uh, he was he died three days before his due date. Mm. And um, you know, obviously, like surrounded in grief, mm-hmm. I wrote a short film because I make a short film every year. I wrote a short film that was um, um, very personal, and you know it was funny and violent, but but dark, but but 
lighthearted but weird and it was a weird fucking it was everything 15 pages. you are right? it was everything right exactly it was like it was a weird fucking 15 pages right. and I and I wrote it the night of my son's funeral mm. I gave it to a friend of mine who was a DP um, who is an, a person who keeps me true as an artist mm. he really I love him so much he was working on the show Glow at the time oh, yeah. he was a DP on Glow mm-hmm. and he's like I bet you I can get my friends in the camera department and maybe even some people in the sound department and stuff to just do it for free. Wow. So do you want to just shoot this? And I was like, yeah, Leah, I want to shoot it. It's the resources I was talking about. Yeah, no, it happens. It happens. Exactly. We shot it uh, over the over a weekend. That was the weekend I was told that uh, that they didn't like me on on Superstore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I directed the entire thing through tears. Oh my god! Uh, uh, it was such a beautiful and cathartic experience. I went to a couple film festivals. It almost got into Sundance, but mm-hmm. but um, but it went to a couple film festivals. It did well-ish mm-hmm. in film festivals, but. Nothing like to write home about. It didn't do anything for my career, and it and it um, and then uh, let's see. I released it online because I was just like, "Fuck it." This is this was my heart at the time, and I want everybody to see it. Um, so, um, cut to a couple years later, I am uh, up for a role. I do not get. Thank. I later saw who got it and what the show was and I'm so <clears throat> glad I didn't get Hilarious. it but <laughs> I didn't get the show I was feeling sorry for myself a couple other bad news career things happened that day I was feeling sorry for myself and I said well fuck you Keith there are people that like you mm. and you need to tell those people that like you that you like them mm. so I started sending a text message to a bunch of friends saying I like I like you do you like me really? <laughs> just like I like you um, and I want to work with you again at some point soon. okay one of those people who responded immediately was a showrunner for the show Dickinson okay, okay. Uh, Elena Smith mm-hmm. and Elena Smith said well it just so happens that we have a need for a director how soon can you get on a plane really and um and I got on a plane. Uh, I I flew to shoot Dickinson. Had she it was, seen any of your work before? Yeah, or? I mean I've known her for years. Okay, okay. Uh, I I acted in a bunch of her stuff. Okay. Um, um, I always told her that I that I was trying to get into TV directing, and um, you know we 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 became really good friends. Um, and I went and shot Dickinson. It was the it was the most amazing cathartic experience. Mm. It was such an amazing experience because I was able to direct from my heart. Right. I was able to employ all the things, act, act like and employ all the things that I had learned as an indie filmmaker, not what I had learned working mm. in television, right. ironically mm. enough. And uh, uh, the star of the show, Haley Steinfeld, uh, went back and told Apple that I was one of her favorite directors mm. uh, that the show ever had. Mm. And that led to another job over at Freeform. I, did, I directed an episode of uh, Single Drunk Female. Okay. Um, which led to another job because they loved me over at Single Drunk Female and then led to another job and led to mm-hmm. another job. This is a long story, but it does You're have fine. a payoff. You're totally good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the payoff is this. I get a phone call randomly in December of last year, just randomly. Um, I don't have a job lined up. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, it's the holidays. We'll wait until after the new year. I get a phone call randomly saying from my agent saying, 
you have an offer to direct on Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> and I don't know where it came from or how it happened or hmm. whatever it is, but here you, you direct two episodes. Do you want to do it? I was like, fuck yes, because I loved the books as a kid. Yeah. I got on... Um, my I got on a Zoom call with after I accepted the offer. I got on a Zoom call with the showrunner, right. and the showrunner st- says to me, Rollin Jones, wonderful human being, um, says to me, "Do you know why you got an offer?" Hmm. I said, "I do not." He goes, "Well, you know, a director dropped out. Um, we were scrambling, but I wanted to do research on directors of color uh, and maybe directors of color who might have like experienced a similar loss." that Anne Rice did when she wrote Interview with the Vampire. Wow. Anne, uh, Anne Rice's daughter uh, died uh, from cancer, I think, right. when she was six. And uh, that's the that was the inspiration for Interview with the Vampire. Wow. And he goes, and I stumbled across this very, very weird 15-minute fucking crazy short film. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like super surprised that it was directed by Twofer on 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I showed it to AMC and I said, this is the tone of Interview with the Vampire I'm going wow. for. And I went, well, I might as well, if I showed them a, showed them that, I might as well have said, and also I want Keith to direct epi- these episodes. Right. And that's how I got Interview with the Vampire. Wow. See, that's an awesome story. I, I want to add Hold some. on, before you even shoot. Okay, go ahead, jump in, jump in, jump Last time I was here, I was telling you I was arguing with the writer and director over a short that I shot right. because she was, I don't want to put my movie online. Mm. She's like, I want to just show it to a few people. And I'm like, I didn't shoot it for you to show it to a few people. people <laughs> like, it has to go out into the world. You don't exactly. know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? You got to like, yeah. put some bait you know, on a hook and throw it out into the water and see who bites. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love that story right there. Cause that's, but but it's, it's like, it's, it's putting your heart out there and fuck fuck it whoever yeah. like if people if people like it if people yeah. don't like it it just there's it, no it, expectation with that exactly yeah. and when you get then, the creative urge the spirit yeah. jumps in you and makes you want to create something yeah. mm-hmm. you gotta like reciprocate that and that give whirlwind. it to the people because yeah. it came you're you're just a channel for a message that has yeah. to be delivered to a wider audience right so i feel like when you that's put beautiful some, that's absolutely true though yeah i agree yeah so the I need to take a snippet of this part <laughs> and forward it to her. Go ahead, say, go ahead. So I rest my case. Okay, so there's two, two things I want to say about that. Is that one, I totally want to co-sign what Alex is saying. Because I feel like if you do work and nobody sees it, it's like, did you do it? Right. You know, yeah. because right. it's like, damn it, it's just sitting, whatever it is. Right. And it's yeah. like, you know, and to, in today's era, we have the ability to put stuff out there like in the universe so that people can see it that we don't even know I mean just the other day I got you know a notification on a short film that my brother and I shot mm-hmm. 20 years ago 20 and it, years yeah, mm-hmm. and, it's, mm-hmm. and it's up on YouTube and someone was like man this is funny as shit and I heard it was based on a true story and I was like Oh my god! This is so wild that someone's talking to me about know. this movie you never know yeah. you absolutely never know um, secondly 
what I love is what you're saying about you were like I took my roots from indie film because mm-hmm. Carl Seaton, one of our buddies, yeah, he's always talking about you know. I mean, I love Carl. Carl was great. I I don't know him personally, but but, uh, but I love his I'll work. Can, I'll connect you. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 please. I would love that. He's he's great. I mean, and and he and I were just having dinner the other night, and we were just talking about stuff, and he does a lot of stuff for like the Dick Wolf Camp at Chicago mm-hmm, PD, mm-hmm. and he was saying that one of the things that got him. <clears throat> that saved him on his first episode to come back was they were used to doing something the way they would do it on a big network show. And he's like, no, no, dude, we can do it like this. It was just some real, ass, it was just some real, yeah. in, some real indie shit that saved, that, that allowed him to get the day. Something that would have been four setups, right. he did in one, yeah. and they were like, oh, you know, this motherfucker like, was able to save it's us. It's what I learned from, uh, I also shadowed, uh, uh, and he was my mentor, Paris Barclay. Yes. That's how Paris Barclay operates. Yes. And there's no, like, Paris is I'm my working. Mentor too. What's that? He's one of my mentors. Too. I mean, I love that man. His husband, Chris, is actually my best friend. Oh, is that right? I was the best man at their wedding. He really? was the best man at mine. Really? I've known him since I was 17 years old. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. I got to tell you, like, 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 sh- like, watching him work is an experience just yeah. because. Did you see him on the new Dahmer? Yes. <laughs> Yo. I told Chris, you got to watch that. It dude. was crazy. <laughs> it is wild, yeah. man. Yes. Oh, I highly recommend yeah. it, but it's, it's some wild it's, Yeah, it's hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. But the directing and the acting I mean, is incredible. fucking top notch. But but that's the th- but that's the thing like you know Paris works a lot in network television, and but he doesn't think about it like that. He thinks about it like uh, he, he approaches it as an artist. <clears throat> right. Um, and that was the thing that I really learned from him that that kind of opened up the fucking doors for me when I was uh, you know when I was when I was trying to get back to my roots as, as a as an indie filmmaker. No, see, I mean, see, because it's like, you know, I feel that your work, that you, look, you're consistently working. If you're doing a film every year for the, for 11 years, you're just like honing your craft. And like you said, if the budgets kept getting smaller and smaller, the thing is, is that you understand the craft in a way that you realize you don't necessarily need as many things as you think. You can go, oh, yeah, I can tell the story. Yes. I can tell the story this way. I, this way, so I can tell the absolutely. story. Absolutely. Right. You know, and the thing, and also like the fact that you were like, well, I shot this thing for Superstore. It didn't like go well. And then I went back and went back to my roots. Yeah. I say to people all the time, I have, I've yet to see people do this. And it was only been the last two or three years that I learned this is something that Stanley Kubrick did. Mm-hmm. You know, Stanley Kubrick shot 2001 Big flop. He's my favorite director, by the way. Big flop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so when he went back to do, um, a Clockwork Orange, mm-hmm. he had to like do it at such a reduced budget to convince Warner Brothers mm-hmm. that he could still mm-hmm. make a movie that right. would, that would hit people. But they were like, "We're not going to gamble on you, dude. You just burn money for MGM, right? You know." But and so, so he got his, so he got himself out of director jail, right? Like, like by, <laughs> like by saying, right? I know how to make a movie with less resources, right? Right? You know, and filmmakers should go and do a big. But film. that, but I think that, that, and you know, it's so funny because I, I talk to uh, people in the DGA who've had ex- similar experiences of, mm-hmm. uh, of mine, specifically on that show too, uh, who you know didn't work again because they had a, a negative experience um, on their first job. And I, and I say, you gotta get yourself out of director jail. Yeah. Yes. And the way that you get yourself out of director jail that I learned is go back and shoot your fucking film. See, because think about it, right? So I go 
and make like a fifty million dollar movie. Let's just say fifty million dollar mm-hmm. movie. You know, like whatever. I start off with a two, a five. I get my fifty, mm-hmm. my fifty flops, and I'm like, I need to do another fifty million dollar movie. I need to do fifty million. And you're sitting around and you mm-hmm. can't get it. Yeah. But you know what? You know how to make a movie for two million dollars because you already did it for two million dollars. Right. And if you have a name that's enough right. to do a fifty, you can get cast and people to work for, for you two. for two. And they're like, oh, this guy was do it And they're like, shit, yeah, yeah it's him, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and then before you're working again, and you, that, know, I you can always reinvent yourself. yourself. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That, that is, and that's always, that's been, uh, you know, again, what's yours will know your face. That's been a guiding mm. principle for me. Right. Um, and I, you know, even at the times when I'm like, oh, I got two kids and a mortgage and, you know, like, <laughs> oh, shit, I got to figure out, like, health insurance. Right. And then, and you know, and during that time, I actually think that the, the pandemic uh, was was helpful for me hmm. because I, I was able to slow down. I got a writing job at the very beginning of the pandemic, and it allowed me to say, I'm not acting, I'm not directing, I'm just going to sit and write in my okay. little room and, you know. It was a it was a movie for HBO mm-hmm. that never uh, never went anywhere. Wait wait wait! People write movies; they don't get produced. Is that what happened? Really? What? Wow! Yeah, I'm I'm an anomaly. <laughs> we know nothing about that. <laughs> That's the game. <laughs> That's the game. <laughs> That's the real game. Like, if you ain't did that, you ain't shit. <laughs> then you ain't shit. But I but the just that moment of slowing down, like slowing down the hustle, because like you had to, right? Be, uh, opened up things creatively for me as an actor and a director in ways that I had, that I couldn't have even even imagined. Hmm. And I like that slowing down like, you know, and and going just because you have to reinvent yourself doesn't mean that you that you need to stop being an artist, I guess. Yeah. You know. I think you can always save yourself, you know, and like Chris and I have talked to hundreds of people on this show and we found and we talk about this all the time, the people who Make it usually make it when they're like fuck Hollywood. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, and they're like ready to move back home to Chicago, whatever the fuck. Yeah. and then tomorrow they get an email about something. That, you know, when it, you know, it's always like when you're ready to just be done, or it's when you go, this thing is burning me to do this project. Yeah, I have to write. This just yeah. happened to my son. It, yeah, my spirit is telling I have me to, to write. My spirit's this telling me this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. But see, the thing about you got to listen to that particular. At, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah, about you that really is, do because you don't know. Uh, into the mic. You, sorry, <clears throat> you never know like wh- 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 how things are gonna pan out, or uh, you know. So you might get a vibe like, for example, the shoot I was on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- total last minute. Like I think they called me on when I told you it was like Thursday. Thursday. You called me Thursday. It's like I'm shooting a TV commercial on <laughs> Saturday. You know, it was like it was crazy. I mean, I get up. It's it was kind of low budget, and I was like, I got nervous. Uh, I don't know what happened, but the bat like half the batteries were like discharged. I didn't have the charger. I was like, should I even tell anybody? Like the camera might go down. <laughs> it was crazy. The camera might go down. Yeah, no, but I was. I just like I was like okay I was like I wouldn't I'm, I'm out here for a reason yeah. you know and yeah. like batteries are not the what's gonna be the, yeah. the no that's not that's, what's that's, that's just not a tool what, right like, that's just a paintbrush yeah yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. other people would have yeah. said because of that I can't do it yeah. right you know what yeah I mean? yeah right. it started panicking or something exactly. like that so yeah. I, I just went to the director I said hey look we got one or two takes for every scene. You know? <laughs> <Honestly? That's it. laughs> mother of invention. I mean, you know, like like necessity is the mother of invention. We got two. We got two takes. For well, this. see, here's the thing about that that I find interesting is that 
it, I mean, I'm not sure when you started making movies, but if you were making movies in the day when you were shooting on film, I mean, yeah. So like, like there's a discipline to like yeah. we're not going to run a camera all that. No, right? We, like we got to shoot and we got to stop. Well, this is you know, <laughs> and this is what I'm going. This is you know, it's the also the, it's the indie world that, that kind of connects it to mm-hmm. it because when I'm directing now. You know, if I'm working with an, uh, a DP who is older and, and has been on the show forever, and they're going to be like, you need this, and you need this, and you need this. Right. I was like, I don't need all that shit. <laughs> yeah. I they know. love the toys. They right. love exactly. the toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, no, yeah, but, if yeah. you need, but you need to ask for that so that, you know, we can do. And I was just like, I, I'm, I'm so sorry, but that'll actually ruin... <laughs> <laughs> the story I'm telling, I, yeah. I, you know, I'd love to make you look good, but I also need to look good too, right? right. Uh, or, or, or the show needs to look good. good. The story right. needs to look good too, right? And that's let me let me, let me just interrupt because yeah. something just hit me. I remember we asked this question to Carl. Like uh, um, Carl's been on the show like ten times, mm. and we're gonna have you on more time. Yeah, and <laughs> we asked him this question about. We were talking about, you know, doing three camera, two or three camera shows and all this stuff yeah. like that, you know, even in the one hour mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And I said something about, uh, like, if you were to go back to Indy, would you continue doing two or three cameras? He's like, oh, yeah. I would what's love your, to. What's your if, I, if I'm, if I'm, yeah, I, yes. Yeah. If I'm able to. I mean, like, yeah. it depends on, you know, how much but money you have. Um, um, but I... I would actually go back to two cameras. I wouldn't do three. Okay. Uh, three starts confusing me, frankly, and and as a director, and and you know, I've worked on shows with three cameras. I just did a show with three ca- home economics shoots with three ca- cameras, um, and then I start going, okay, so we we've got this and this, but that picks up the, that thing. You know, I've right. done my shot list and all that kind of stuff, but but two cameras, no, I think is is a tremendous it's luxury. All you need. Yeah, uh, it's a tremendous luxury. It's yeah. it's wonderful, and you know, and if need be, because the way that I now direct, if uh, if need be, I can do it with one camera. Uh, you know, um, um, because what I do is uh, you you go the Steven Spielberg method. Yeah. You 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 keep you, it moving. You keep you, you take your master mm-hmm. and make your master be able to cover the whole scene, yeah. because a lot you of talk about that filmmakers yeah. don't understand that. Your master can move. Right. <laughs> Explain it to people who don't quite get what we. Well, about. okay. So you know, like when you're shooting, when you're shooting something, <laughs> the, the basic filmmaking parlance is you got a, a master shot, which is basically mostly sometimes an establishing shot, but it's a shot that shows all of your action in one shot. Right. Then you've got, uh, and then you you know you go in, and normally your master is a wide. Then you have you have to do a medium, and then you have to do a close up. Mm-hmm. Some shows it depends on what the show is. Um, like comedies prefer medium close-ups so that you it eliminates um, one of the one of the steps, but wide, medium, close—that's how you do it. And uh, on on everything that uh, and on everything that happens, and then of course you start taking away some things when when it's not necessary. Like if you want to do an insert shot, you know, right. I don't need a wide, medium, close on these donuts sitting here in the middle of the table. <laughs> I just need one shot. Right. Anyway, so that's kind of the basic tenets of filmmaking. What I what I like to do if I only have one camera is try to find a way to make the shot either through blocking or camera movement um, cover the entire scene and tell the entire story of the scene mm. without um, having to cut. So you just get the whole see, thing. See, see, okay, so we just watched the Raiders again last night because <laughs> yeah. you know because we got the four K 
the 4K like, HDR version, which yeah. if you haven't seen it, you got to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's there's two there's two scenes in there that are such a such great examples of of this. Right, mm-hmm. there's the scene when right after they get the call, they meet the government guys and they're at Indy's house, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're in that scene and he's talking with Marcus Brody. They they come into the room, mm-hmm. they're following him around the room as he's picking up the gun and p- right. putting stuff in the thing, right. and it's just and it's kind of, it's staying kind of wide, but then they but then but then but the camera will move and Jones moves into a close up and then well and, yeah and, and, and then and, and, and then that's Steven Spielberg's Spielberg. yeah. that's choreographed yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but that's what it is yeah, because what what Steven Spielberg does is he shoots uh, the master shot that becomes a wide and medium and close up and all that kind of stuff and then he goes back and shoots coverage yeah oh, so okay. sometimes occasionally you'll see him cut into that yeah you know what I mean yeah um, uh, but at the end of the day he has that one thing that tells the whole story if you don't have time and you need to keep moving, right. then you got to yeah. Because see again, there's there's another great shot in that movie where he does the tells the whole story in one take, and in a, in a it's a very subtle thing where he where the scene when when he meets Marion for the first time and they're, mm-hmm. and they're drinking, mm-hmm. it, it comes in. It's a really really wide shot. It goes in, goes mm-hmm. moves in, moves in, oh, moves yeah, in. You know, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and it moves into the fat guy. Yeah, and and he drinks, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and then it follows his hand down to the close up as he turns his shot glass over. Mm-hmm. Then it moves to her hand over close up into her face that two yep. shot she drinks and it pulls back because everyone's going money 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 mm. she like holds it back and then it comes back down to the one shot and then it pulls back to show both yep. of them as he falls down, and and falls down. Is, that, is that the crane is that the it's, fuck is that? it's, it's all in a dolly I don't know if yeah. it was a crane at the time but yeah. it was a tech, there, there were techno cranes at the time but but I would do that with a techno crane. crane. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, this yeah. beautiful thing yeah. that when you watch it, you don't notice that he's not cutting because he's mm. able to like move. Correct. It. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like the storytelling. The storytelling needs to be there. You need to be able to be telling a story. And and someone asked me once, like I I online I wrote something like. Uh, I think American Psycho is a well-directed movie. It's not a perfect movie, but mm-hmm. it's a well-directed movie. Right. Um, um, Christian Bale one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and someone asked me why why what makes it a well-directed movie for someone who who doesn't know all the history behind it, mm-hmm. and I did not know how to answer that. <laughs> but the answer <laughs> is, if you are able to tell the story and get all the information about the characters and the people and the story and the situation. And it, you don't know how you got it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think that that's good directing. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. One. That, yeah. That, that there is an invisibility to it, and not, and not a showing off nature of it, but an an economy to it. Right. Right. I mean, um, well, the, the, so. the, the, the economy of storytelling is what makes people who are really, really. Um, who understand? Okay, what are the shots going to do? Mm-hmm. How do I use the camera and the blocking? Yes. Because see, it's like, to a degree, and and television is so guilty of this for a lot of reasons. Is that it's this is that so much of it is told in cuts. Yes, you know, but but. If you can find out those ways to go, hey, so if he's walking in the room, we can show the whole room, and as he walks in, we're gonna move into that to that to that close up on right. him as he sits down, and then and then pull back out. If if you know how to use the frame and the actors and all that, yeah. then it really helps you. 
you know well, it just helps you so much in television then that takes away control it does. from from uh, network frankly network executives yeah. <laughs> and that and that's and that's why that doesn't happen so much right but Fargo if you guys watch Fargo Fargo is a show yeah. that all one that that show is all winners Oh, yeah. that change. It's a, it's a, it's amazing. Yeah. And but the thing is, is that a friend of mine is working with um with Noah on uh, he's developing a project with Noah right mm-hmm. now, and he's like, you know, Noah has this ability, whatever. He's got the power at FX where he can kind of dictate what he sure, wants to do. Okay. You know, because yeah. the thing the thing I was telling someone, a friend of mine is a cinematographer mm-hmm. about why there's so much cutting in television and why you have to get a lot of cuts uh, mm-hmm. footage to let them edit is yeah. because they're edit because they need to be able to control the pacing right not you the director right you know well i mean then that's also the thing where where you have you know 42 minutes to tell a story yeah. um i always i always deliver my cuts as a as a director um i found a, ma- a sweet spot three minutes if mm. i can deliver a cut where there is about three minutes and like 20 seconds where over, it's over over, okay. over yeah. it, I found and you know again I've only directed 10 episodes of television and a, and a movie so like you know um, so I I can be proven wrong tomorrow <laughs> but <laughs> I found that my cut pretty much stays the same wow those are because they have three minutes more they have to do right. and so they're not concerned about the shit that I that I did mm. they're concerned about what more they need to do and it's not so much that they think I'm incompetent the cool thing about the <laughs> yeah. cool thing about AMC because yeah. you know everybody knows I'm like yeah. that's my network I'm at Walking Dead and all that shit yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> they'll have an episode that'll be like 103 they will certainly do that because the episode's dope yeah <laughs> you know what they I will mean? certainly do that and, and here's the irony of, for me though is when I directed Vampire um, in those two episodes, I kept saying to them, "What is the episode count? How like like what's the minute count?" And because I directed two, the you know, um, I was told because you were in a block, right? Was it a block? Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I block shot mm-hmm. two episodes. Uh, they were like, "So for episode one hundred and three, and I don't remember the numbers, but Dick, for episode one hundred and three, it needs to be." Uh, 42 minutes and 50 seconds but for episode 104 it needs to be 45 minutes and, and really? I was like w- like like where are you just like making up <laughs> these numbers that's weird <laughs> yeah I did I did not understand what the mandate but they yeah. shifted and they changed and then they they said to me the editors always said to me and if you can make a case to make it longer or shorter then just do it wow um and so you know, just deliver your cut. My cuts. Uh, so I, that was a that was a bit of the wild west for me in a way. Where I was like, I don't know then what to give you. So I obviously just delivered the cuts that I cared about. And one of my episodes, uh, the the it it's the, the cuts. Uh, like it was almost exactly hmm. translated from television to, to from my edit. They did almost nothing. Yeah, they did almost nothing. That's amazing. To it. One of them, you know, they AMC still had to kind of fiddle with. So, but, yeah, it's uh, interesting, you know, to, to to see what they're gonna fiddle with, you know, and yeah. what time they come in because, like, it's about being incompetent. Like, you right. know, like if someone comes in uh, ten minutes over, right? You know, well, then you really which like, happens a lot. Well, then, which is, yeah. and you're like, what the fuck? Because now. Yeah. 
the you know the editor I mean, the editor the showrunner the they gotta do some heavy know, lifting yeah, yeah. and, and the, the covering exec yeah. I gotta go what the fuck do we gotta get out of this well that know? was my, my I, I just delivered my cut for Big Sky um, I, I just direct, directed Big Sky mm-hmm. and um, it was when the editor gave it to me it was I, I don't know if this is like uh, top secret information but, the, but it was 13 minutes over okay. it was 13 and a half minutes over and I said to them we're going to get down to like three and a half minutes mm. um, because I don't want them to see to see that well, that I didn't know what to, what I was well, doing. Let, let's talk about this really quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on for just a second. Let me say for, for people who are listening who might not know. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is where I was going, but go ahead. Finish okay, so the time of the show mm-hmm. is dictated by the number of pages. I mean, how do so exact? So if you're talking about going uh, over, it's it's based upon the slot mm-hmm. that they have to air it and how many advertisers are uh, have filled up the, the other the slots. Slot. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. so essentially for a show that's an hour long, you only got around like forty four to forty six minutes of screen time. Uh, I actually think forty two. Forty two. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And then the commercial. Yeah, the eighteen mm-hmm. is the commercial. So and so when you're writing a script, the rule of thumb depending on how you write is it's about one. It's about like it's like one page represents like one minute of screen time. That could change depending on how you write. It, it scripts are still it, scripts are still fifty almost sixty pages yeah, long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, like it, yeah. It, 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 and it and it has nothing to do with. I mean, you know, and then you know, it depends on. It, it, there are then a million factors after that, like, yeah. uh, and that that makes your episode longer or shorter. But at the end of the day, you still have forty two minutes. Forty two minutes. You got to get, get it down in. to. You know, so it's, yeah. so it's one of those things where, you know, part again. That's why I said about the editing is about pacing because it's like, hey, this could work. If you're just watching it playing, mm-hmm. this could go at fifty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. But because well, hey, we can shrink it into forty two, right. then you know, and, and you shot that oneer that that took like a, took a minute right. and a half to get yeah. through in screen time. If if we did it all in takes, we could do it in like in, Much in, less in, time. in forty seconds. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then you know, so you're shaving off time like that. You know, yeah. that's how you gotta think about like how you're shooting. That's why movies have like. You know, there's the release time is whatever it's going to be, but television part of it is you got to deliver the discipline what, of the hitting discipline those numbers. Well, 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 there's a script supervisor that helps you as you yes. as you go along because they're saying that you know your episode has time has read at this number and and then this scene is timed out to be this number. You like you get help with it, but you know, like you know, shit happens and and then I I get a cut that's 13 minutes over. I got that cut down to three minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, <laughs> like, you're slicing it really like we yeah. don't need that. We, do, we, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't know. Of that piece of dialogue. And, and, I, and I, I mean, I, not to throw anybody under the bus, but it was a lot of the, uh, the reason why it was as long as it went um, is because I listened to people who kept saying, no, you need this. Uh, you need this mm-hmm. uh, for, for it. And I kept going, you know what? It's not my show. Yeah, uh, yeah okay, fine. Let's get it. And then we got it. Mm-hmm. And then and you're we, like, we don't need this. Because <laughs> I kept saying, oh, we don't need that. Right. No, no, no. You need this. Okay, fine. I'll get it. Yeah, I yeah. feel like sometimes <laughs> even when I'm working on something, just as like being the photography department, I'm like, we kind of already got this. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, well, see, yeah. see the, the thing about it is this, right? Is that every it's, it's called coverage for a reason yes. yeah. because you're people trying wanna to people want to save themselves that's, that's, right. that's exactly right that's exactly right I'm putting my own safety net down by yes. getting four or five different things and you're yeah. like we don't need we cuz yeah. the thing about the thing about 
visual storytelling. I was having this discussion with the showrunner on, on uh, Eagles the other day. We were just talking about stuff. I was like, I mean, the thing about it is, there's two things about it. Is that one, there is the script you write, there's the script you shoot, and there's a script that's edited, right? Yep. That yeah. story yeah. is all going to change. And and the big the big thing is when you're editing it is there's like a cumulative effect mm-hmm. of that builds up in your brain mm-hmm. as you're watching a story. You're like, oh, 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 so that there's all this like this invisible gossamer shit that that <laughs> your brain fills in. You yeah. know, that you think you might need. We wrote this line because we need to say this line. Yeah, but the person saw the scene, so they understand. Right. They if you do it right, this, your brain you know, fills in like fills from in. A. Yeah. Right. If you give them A and C, B, your brain you is know, like, okay, B. Yeah. B. Right. That's exactly right. Exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah. you gotta, you got to get A and C right. 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 Yeah. And, the, right. and the thing is that you might have to shoot B. Just to to, to to satisfy people on set, and that's and that, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that that's also just being the like being an episodic director, which is which is a it's not my show, and I and I and I am here to make the pe- who's the people whose show it is to give them something that they're satisfied with, right. and the way that I always see it, and and I think it was. Oh, sorry. I, I think it was Paris who may have told me this. I, I don't. I don't remember. But um, the way I see it is, it's as if you go to someone else's house for Thanksgiving and cook their Thanksgiving dinner to their specifications, but you add like a little pepper in the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. in the stock. You gotta. You, you kind of. You, you put, know, a little, put a little whiskey a little in, a, in there, and yeah. a gravy, and you that's, know, like that's your voice, right? <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. and you know, but but you you're giving someone their Thanksgiving dinner the way that they know it and they that they remember it. I think that that's a fun challenge because I like to cook, but <laughs> but the thi- but but so, it, it so does, does Paris, so does Paris. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I know we've 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 compared. We've, we've like oh, both of us are going to cook a cake, right. and then uh, let's see what it looks like. Anyway, so. Um, um, I all uh, working as a TV director. I sit there, sit there, and go. Okay, I don't know what the problems of the show are just yet. Um, I I want to make sure that I'm getting the things that I need that fulfills me. But at the end of the day, I also need to make sure that I get all the other things that helps these. You know, this team of people tell the story that right. they need to tell. So, I you know, I yes I'm directing for me, but I'm also directing for them. Right. And I uh, and so I go I need and this is the conversation that I have with the DP all the time. Mm-hmm. I need A and I need C. What do you need? Yeah, <laughs> and he's like That's and I need B. Mm-hmm. And I go, I don't think we need it, but it's not my show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> let me let me ask you a question. Let's play this back. Yeah. Because it kind of goes into the kind of a question you were asking about the minutes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you're brought on the show. What do you come in? Mm-hmm. Week or two before you shoot your episode? Yeah. Like a week or two. Depending on the show. Depending on the show. <laughs> COVID, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, I mean, with Vampire, because yeah. I was doing two, I was there a month before. Right. But yeah. Now, let me just ask you this. In that case, are you there shadowing, seeing what they're doing to get... Because you guys didn't know what the I, vision was. I asked. Had, right? for, uh, oh, on first season shows, I've, I've now directed a couple of first season shows. Right. I try to get as much material as I possibly right. can, um, just in terms of cuts uh, or dailies. I watched I watched every single daily that came in right. on Vampire. Because every I angle. Was, every, everything. everything. I watched yeah. it all. Uh, because I was I was directing episode three, right. which was right after Alan Taylor, mm. who is uh, you know 
a major name in the industry, right. and I was like, I'm not going to be the one that fucks up right. interview you, with the vampire. You didn't right. fuck it yeah, up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me just say, just go ahead. Did he direct Captain America? He directed one of the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember what. So let me jump in real quick. Uh, in this whole uh, a question's coming to me. Uh, so you're talking about challenges. Different. There's different challenges. So can can you hold it? I want to get through. Okay, this okay, 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 okay. My bad. Okay, go ahead. I just want to play for the listeners listening who don't quite understand the the the. Um, the sequences of events. Right. Oh, right, right, happened, right. For right? for TV. Yeah. So you come on the show, yes. right? You've already done your tone, all that stuff like that. You, yeah. Now you're prepping, getting ready to do your episode. Yes. You shoot the episode. So yes. you're there for, let's say, eight days, right? Correct. That's just it. So some of them are tan, some of them are shorter, depending mm-hmm. on what it is, right? Yeah. Um, so you've, you get in the dailies every night. Mm-hmm. You've been shooting long hours. You try mm-hmm. to make sure you see whatever they do. I don't, I don't look at the dailies. You don't look at the dailies? No, you because... Wait? Yeah, I wait. Oh, interesting. I, I don't look at my dailies. I look at other people's dailies. What, what's that about? Because I just, I'm just curious. I, I do that. That's that's a me as an thing? artist thing. Okay. Um, you uh, don't want to mess yourself up. I, right. Or? Exactly. If I'm if I'm on a if I'm on a if I have a particular momentum, I need to see the show in my head. Okay. Um, uh, first, in order to know what things I need, so I rely on my memory. Right. And and if I've prepped well enough. And I do, and I do these mental exercises. Um, um, at uh, you know, when I get to a tech scout, which is the end, it, which is the time that the director tells all the departments what's happening in the scene and where everything will be placed. Yeah. I try mm-hmm. to go on a tech scout without any notes, so mm-hmm. I have a mental image of what the show is, and I can tell it to people. And if I have to stop and go, I need to check my notes, yeah. it means I haven't prepared that scene well enough. Oh, and, and then I will go back and, and, and work on that scene okay. when, I, when I start shooting. Um, uh, and it's kind of the same thing for, for shoot when I shoot. I'm in the middle of shooting. I don't want to see what I did. I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm focused on what I'm doing tomorrow. And okay. Let me, let me just finish all this. I know. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. So you do that. Now, so what usually happens is, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you finish, the editor is already compiling correct. everything together. Correct. The editor has a couple days yeah. to put together their edit. Correct. Then you have, what, three five, or four days? Five, four two, five days? Two days, two days if, I'm, if it's a comedy, uh, uh, four days if it's a drama. Right. And then to, the oversee their, to oversee their edit. To, to, to come, to, in, and to come in and do my yeah. own edit. Yeah. Okay. On yeah. top of what they did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. If they're good, they'll be close to what he's even thinking. Uh, yeah, I only needed yeah. three days on yeah. on, on, on Big Sky because the editors were so fucking right. incredible. Yeah, And then the producers, the, meaning the showrunner or whatever, comes in and they do their pass and he hopes that they did it. Right. And then I deliver my what I think is happening. Right. <laughs> so it doesn't always work this way, but what it, the way it should work is I then release my cut to the creative on set who has cutting authority. Right. And uh, it's normally the showrunner. Um, uh, normally, is, you know, a lot of the times a producer, uh, a writer-producer... Is on set. It, yeah, exactly. Um, but the writer-producer also takes a look at the cut because right. the showrunner doesn't have time, frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, 
But um, to make sure it coincides with the story beats of the overall. Correct. Okay. But there's also this thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the DGA gives you those yeah, like, they, uh, like creative rights, like those four days before yeah. anybody else can see it. Yep. You know, so well, that's so correct. So no one, no it. one, no one is supposed to see my cut yeah. until I'm finished with it. Correct. And and then I then I release it. There are some shows who never look at the director's cut. <laughs> I will not name those shows. <laughs> but we, we have heard through the grapevine. I've heard <laughs> that they just go fuck that director. We're just going back to the to the, the editor's cut, cut. Yep. and making our own show. But the way it's supposed to go is that I now really I what I always think it's beneficial because I'm a writer too. Mm-hmm. I always think it's beneficial to release it to the writer of the episode because I want them to also feel like they are getting their vision out as well because I because because television is a writer's medium and I'm not I don't always get it right. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Well yeah because you know? It's, you know the whole the whole thing on that is you know this big difference between uh, uh, the movie and the television show is you know you have lived with the the script longer in a movie. Yeah. You know, uh, and and possibly possibly something that you wrote, right? You know, so that way that that you know all the intention, yeah. And, and and the thing about when you're doing episodic is, even something like you know, uh, you, you know, difference between like say Superstore or or mm-hmm. Vampire is, you don't know what. Dave decided like in episode right. eight, and that's a and that actually yeah. happened with Vampire because that they re-edited one of my episodes because I didn't know a particular piece of information that was going to happen in, in the next. Yeah, season. exactly. Right. So yeah, right. so your yeah. your edit is is a uh, contingent on stuff that could play out four episodes Correct. later. Right, Correct. right, and 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 the crazy thing yeah. is, I mean, this, and 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 this goes back to what I was saying, like on Star Trek, we would watch the cuts and see stuff and then go, oh, you know what we need to do because we because now we're in episode eight. Oh, now we got to go back and shoot. So, so let's go uh-huh. back and shoot like a yep. little insert mm-hmm. or because yep. or, 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 th- we just, you just could, because cause again, because you guys probably have those sets available to you for the longest time. Correct. Stuff like that. So you just go back and like, and, exactly. and send off like a splinter unit and go, hey, c- hey, can you go with someone someone just shoot his hands like, you know, put his hand yeah, in the exactly, turn Yeah, exactly, and, and that ha- and that happens on Vampire. Yeah, and all the like, time. You know? that, that happens all the time. Yeah. The, the thing that I always like to say is, you know, when I, when I am going to meetings um, trying to, you know, get an episode of t- TV to direct, <laughs> I say, television is a writer's <laughs> medium, so what the fuck is the point of the director? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that the director is there to provide the beating heart. Hmm. I think that the writer created that heart with all the valves and things and hmm. ways that I that I don't know anything about science. All I have to do is make sure that heart is moving hmm. and is beating. You're the Dr. Frankenstein. I'm the Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> it's alive! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's interesting because there's, there's an there's a interesting book somebody wrote. I think her name is like... Uh, Mary Lou uh, Bellini. Yeah, Mary Lou Bellai. 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 Yeah, and the, yeah. Book, and the book is called "The Director's a Storyteller." Well, uh, Bethany Rooney also it, wrote yeah, that Bethany book. Rooney, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Thing, the thing about that is, you think about it, they go, "Oh, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's a storyteller?" I, I like. Right. The, no. it's it's not that the director made up the story. Right. He's he's just telling it. I'm you know? telling it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Because it's one of those things you think about. It's like, hey, who? 
who knows how to do you know like public speaking the best mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know let's find a person because if you sit, if you sit around a campfire someone knows the story right. but someone knows how to tell it with the right drama like hey we're gonna get quiet now we're gonna get wild now exactly we're gonna get exactly. fast we're gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say the punchline the right way and 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 that is your job as the and as the, and as the I, I find it fascinating because you know and this is why um doing uh, uh, going back to my roots really helped me as a television director because again there are things that are happening in terms of the season in terms of the details in terms of even the actors that that are portraying these parts that the writer has put in that I don't know anything about all I have to do is make sure that there is a that there is an emotion tied to it that there's a beat that there's that there's a beating heart to it and the only way that I know how to do that is to is to go back to, um, you know, making that short film every year and going, how do I make this have the most impact? Okay. Oh no, that le- that leads me to my other question I wanted to ask before. In terms of challenge, okay, I worked at Universal for like seven years as a lead artist, <coughs> and like maybe the biggest takeaway or the, the biggest lesson was being able to perform. We worked on a lot of different products, so you had to be be able to perform uh, to meet the criteria of the brand, mm-hmm. whatever we're working on. So mm-hmm. one day you're mm-hmm. working on uh, Barbie products, and the next day you're working on like World of Warcraft. Sure. So you gotta mm-hmm. like uh, know how to like ramp your art skills into those different whatever project you're working on. Mm-hmm. So now my question to you is. What is more challenging working on a television show where you've got almost infinite resources and crew and skills, but you have to meet a certain brand (coughs) brand guideline or meet a certain look and feel, or doing a a, something like directing and something more independent where it's wide open, Um, but you have to set up all the. You have to set, I, you have to set mean, everything up yourself for right, that project. Right, right. I mean, and, and in that regard, when, in that last example, you know, that's when a director has to just rely on his resources as limited as limited as they may be, and that helps them be more creative. Uh, when I'm in a place where I have infinite resources to be as creative as I want, but I still need to go um, into it, I don't think about it like that. The way that I think about it is... Um, the way that I think about it is we're all here here to tell one story and let's figure out what that story is. And I want to figure out that story and if you tell me that this show is all handheld then we're <laughs> going to figure out the story all handheld. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Um, so I actually look at whatever the, the, the brand is that is my creative limitations that an indie filmmaker would have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That is, we don't, we have to tell this story without, uh, but we don't have, we have to steal this location, right? That's still the same parameters. And that actually helps me become more creative right. because then I start going, oh, let's, you know, because it's all handheld, um, then, you know, how, can we just, take the camera and run down the street with the you know for mm-hmm. this shot um and then you know the jerkiness is can help us with the cuts yeah. or whatever it is 
We've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, but I you, but but in the same way that I, as an independent filmmaker, I where I my creativity is boundless, but I'm right. restricted by the money and the limitations of the you know whatever tools. The, the tools that <laughs> yeah, I have. Exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah. My my creativity is boundless, but I'm limited by the fact that I have to shoot all handheld. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? We don't have the streets blacked out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because it's like so the thing he was saying. This is, I was definitely something you were saying, but the thing you were saying about like the reason why he watches the dailies of the people who shot before him is. That's telling you the language of the show, yeah. yes. you know, because the guy Alan Taylor shot e- the even pilot. more than watching the whole show. Watching together. the whole show, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're seeing, oh, he's always doing like there was this mandate. I remember I was talking with Carl Franklin one time about because he shot so much of the second season of Manhunter. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and 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 he was like, Fincher hates Steadicam. So, right. So guess oh, really? what? You're never gonna use Steadicam in this because he ne- he doesn't like it. Wow. So therefore, he was like, okay. What do you think? It's a cheat or something? Or what he, you? I'm not even sure what it is. I've never. I've, I mean, look. I've heard some people say this about him. I never Ooh. heard him give his rationales to why. Okay. But if you go back and watch his movies, he he doesn't use Steadicam. You know, it's, it's like all he, dolly, it's it's dollies all or handheld when he okay. needs it's to really, be. It's, it's hard to repeat shots on steady yeah, cam the a, way it a, is. He's a big repeater. Yeah, by yeah, the way. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty takes of the same thing. Take seventy nine. Yeah, there's that. Look, look, there's that. Take seventy nine. But also, what he does is, is right. a, a lot of times, he'll take say, you know, like, uh, he'll take like your performance <coughs> from take fifteen. Yes. And they'll take your performance f- from take six. Oh, wow. and, and if it's a master shot. He'll stitch them together. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I I actually do that too. Yeah, really. Which, which is yeah. Great, which is great. Which is yeah. it's cool. But you do that because if because if you're locked off, that's real easy. Yeah, but yeah, if you're on yeah. steady cam, then that then, like, then it's, it's, it's hard. Okay. It's hard on. Constantly, constantly, constantly. I do that too. Yeah, I do that too. Which is sometimes. cool. Which is you um, know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and basically it's a split screen. You, you, yeah. you don't know it because right. VFX you know smooth the edges out. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But so but that but, but th- that leads me back to. You're saying that you don't watch the dailies of your episode. Now that's interesting because I don't like to watch the dailies either, or like to watch the playback. You know, because because you, because you're trying to keep it in your head. You know, and and also you've seen it all essentially. You oh, know, I also want to be surprised when I when I go and go into the edit. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a, that's a good reason. Well, that's interesting too because it's, mm. it's kind of like if you're shooting on film and you don't get to see the dailies until, right. right well that but that's what it is it's yeah. a recreation of basically in the in, in film in that mm-hmm. regard i i like to be surprised when i watch the edit of my own show <laughs> and and i also like to um it also helps it, it all there's a also a certain level of um willful ignorance that i that i like in being a, as a director in an edit because i can go Wait, didn't we shoot? Did we get this shot? Did we not? <laughs> did we not get um, X, Y, and Z right. shot? I swore I got that. Do we not? So that a the editor is the hero if they find it. Right. <laughs> B the editor can tell me how they can solve it if they don't. Right. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? right. Well, cause see, see, mm. and it's not me anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's the it's giving the editor um, license to be an artist. Too. Which is great because yeah. the thing that I think a lot of people don't quite know is how valuable a skilled editor is. Oh my god! Yeah. 
They can do so much. They can, I mean, because here's the thing: it's like it's like they should elevate. You know, they elevate. Yeah. Oh man! It, it, you know, like like you're sitting there shooting all the stuff you're doing, mm-hmm. and and those guys are 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 they're doing the cut based upon they've read the script and they're watching the dailies and they're going oh because you know he thought he got this angle this angle this angle you know be really cool before you even see it you know right he's yeah. thinking that she's thinking that so when you see it you're like oh you know what. I didn't think this the shots would go together that way, but I love the way they go but together. I love the way they go yeah. together. That, way, happens yeah. Yeah. that happens a lot. That happens a lot for and, me. And if you got Absolutely. someone who's really good, they do that. They yeah. know how to like yeah. to, me, to pull, let, pull let it up. Me, let me ask you a question. Um, <clears throat> you you get, you told us about like how you know it came about that you got interviewed, for example. Mm-hmm. I was curious of coming from doing you know Thirty Rock and Superstore and all these other shows like that. How did it? How were you able to prove to Hollywood that right. I could direct, like Drama. interview, for example, yeah. or or even as an actor? You know what I mean? Um, so I'm, 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 let me just preface. I'm asking because uh, uh, Rich just came in. My sister Rich just came in. Was that Rich? Hey, and uh, Rich is a comedy writer, Amazing. Um, yeah. so I know he'd want to tune in this. I'm just kind of curious from that. Point um, of view. You know, I never look at myself as a, a guy who worked in comedy or drama. Okay. I I always think truth is truth, mm-hmm. and um, and the only difference is pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, um, and and so, you know, uh, at the beginning uh, when my career started building some sort of momentum uh, as a director, I would get asked the question of like, "Do you want to work in drama? Do you want to work in comedy?" And I was like, "If if you." see me as only one thing or the other then you're not seeing me mm. because comedy because I every drama has comedy in it every True. comedy has drama True. in it yeah. and I don't want to work on a show mm-hmm. that does not see that see that mm. uh, and um, and so I'm like give me just no give me good stories well you know it's the thing I, li- I love about what you're saying about that is because a it doesn't put you in a box B, since you write, like, you know this, you hit that really heavy, heavy fucking, like, dramatic moment, you gotta have that release valve. Yeah. And the, and the, and the, you gotta and have rise and fall. You gotta have the rise and fall. that release valve is probably some, it's probably some com- some comedic line. It's, 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 Absolutely. It's, it's not a comedic scene, it's just a comedic right, it doesn't, line. Right, and, and, and even when I worked on 30 Rock, or just worked in comedy, you, I never went for the joke. I always went for the truth of the scene, and this is why I'm, I guess I'm not a stand-up, but but uh, or I would be terrible at a sta- as a stand-up because I, you know, my approach. The reason why I think that I got the role of Twofer on Thirty Rock, who was a black guy and a Harvard guy, yeah. right? So he was a token hire, and that's what they that that was the running joke of Twofer. Is the that one writer, black guy in the writers' room? <laughs> exactly, as the one black guy in the writers' room, and, and that was that was the ca- the character right. is because, and and I saw other people who who auditioned for Twofer, um, uh, and I uh, and I go, everyone is treating is is acting as if Twofer is in on the joke. Ah, he doesn't understand. Why? <laughs> why he's there? Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, like, or like, why? Why? Of course, he was going to get hired right. to do this job. Yeah. Of course, because I went to Harvard. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Like, that was the thing. We're Nothing like, to do with the blackness. Nothing to do with the blackness. Yeah. But no, but right, exactly. And and so and so it was it was a, a an understanding of um 
that it is not a joke to be black and smart. Right. Tufer does not see that. Mm. And and that's the reality of the situation, especially of someone who went to Harvard. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like like I, Paris. Right, like Paris. <laughs> so. But but like Paris goes, of course, I mean, like of course I went to Harvard. I, like, like there's no there's no um right. uh pretense about it. Pretense about it because he lives in a world where there are black and smart people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that was too for anyway that's what i think got me the job mm. is is that i lived in the in the reality of it rather than it under going for what the joke was got it so plus your your little your one-liner zingers pop <laughs> <laughs> it was fun yeah it was fun to do well you know because i'm a i i because of the family that i come from because i was an only child and that I was an only boy, and I was the youngest. I had, I have what is considered a healthy ego, <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought, and and if everything is delivered with such bravado and confidence, then it's a dude who who naturally lives through life like, uh, of course, of course, it's like this, right. and that was always how. Uh, I looked at Tufer. I thought it was fun. That's funny. Well, it's just like that because it's like um, who you play against a lot of Judah Freelander, right? There's all yes. That. It's yeah. a it's that straight guy. Like well, that's like, exactly what it is. Basically, like, between the straight guy gets him a lot. Yeah, like like t- t- uh, Judah is a wonderful soul and a wonderful human being. He he and I could not be more different as people. But we very much respect each other, obviously, and and and, and I just love him to death. And and and. And I think that that there's you know something very wonderful about putting me and Judah in the same room together. I also think it's very wonderful that there's something about putting me in the room with Tracy Morgan. I mean, like, like, <laughs> like me, my interactions with Tracy Morgan in life right. is its own show. <laughs> like, like, I go, come, come pitch that to me next week and yo, I'll sell it to I'm my boss. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is something about me, like, Tra- and I love Tracy with all my heart, but there's just something about, I would go, I, you know, he had the dressing room right across from mine right. and I would go in. They put the brothers next to each other. They, they did. They put the brothers next to each other and I, and yes, that that was a big thing there. And I and I and I walked in, and you know, I every day I'd get Yo Keith, Keith, come to my room, and I'd get these like, and I would walk into the room, and he tried to, he he always tried to shock me because I'm a I was a I'm a. Uh, you know, like I'm a very buttoned up nerdy dude. Right. So like he always was trying to shock me. I think we all relate. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And, and it was like an increasing amount of shock. <laughs> and this is now over. I did this show for seven years. This right. is over seven fucking years. That's hilarious. Um, so he's playing Tracy Jordan to oh, you oh, yes. in person. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Tracy, uh, the thing that I, you know, again, I love him to death, but um, uh, the thing that I always said about Tracy was, I wasn't great with learning lines, but, but, but Tracy was like, he'd say some shit one day, Mm -hmm. the next, the the, a writer would overhear it, they'd put it in the script, and he still couldn't learn his fucking line. (laughs) This is what you said, bro. This is what you said yesterday. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, you got to keep I the videotape on all the time. I, I know. Shit, oh man! Oh, I got great Tracy, Tracy Morgan. So he he he's a, just a, a wonderful person, and yeah. and but but you know our personalities. Um, That's interesting. Kind of entertaining. Well, thank you, man. We d- yeah. definitely wanted to have you on the show, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming to hang out with us, and oh. you know. Hilliard, man, I uh, it, it's a pleasure, uh, and I'm I'm a I'm a fan. I'm thank a you, big fan you. of the show and of awesome. you, and and this is uh, this is great. This is fun. Thank you. Yeah. What's uh, what's next? You want to talk about? You want to? I'm flying out tomorrow to Memphis, Tennessee, to to shoot on Young Rock. Oh, okay. Uh, they did in Memphis. Uh, this year, the, the last two years they shot in Australia. But what I really love about it, and I don't think i'm giving away too much no i mean it's uh, um what really attracted me to doing <coughs> this job is i used to be a, a a wrestling fan when i was a teenager and okay and i am directing an episode of a show uh, uh, of a wrestling match that i watched really? when i was a teenager interesting that's so funny wow. that's circle. funny yeah, i love it totally man can't, can't that's wait that's that's great where where can people follow you on Instagram, Twitter, whatever? Where you at? Uh, on Instagram, I'm by Keith Powell. I just deactivated my Twitter account. <laughs> um, so by Keith Powell. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. You know, may, maybe I'll come back. I don't know, but at the <laughs> moment, uh, I'm I'm happy with my decision. Dude, play himself. Yeah, and I I just you know. I, I've been I've been really blessed to be working nonstop this year, and and I just want people to follow my name. Uh, you know, if, if you see it, just look out for my name if yeah. you've seen a if you see a show, and let me know what you thought of it. Better for bad or worse, right. I can always get better. And all the, all the love to wifey and the kids and yeah. all that. That's yeah. Right. Oh, I'm gonna be on a I'm gonna act on a show on Apple. Really? Which one? <laughs> Can you say? I, I don't think I can say. Okay. I have to go back and look. All right, all right. But, <laughs> but it, it'll be coming. with me and my wife. My, me and my oh, wife awesome. are acting on a show on right. Apple that I guess is coming out, as you say. <laughs> I don't know. Spring? Summer? I don't know. <laughs> you you, already, did, you know. already shot it? We shot it. We okay. shot it already. Right. And you never know with the Apple show. Yeah. Come out whenever. <laughs> yeah, it can come out whenever. <laughs> it's like Netflix and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where you at, uh, Al, um, Alex? Where can people follow you at? Oh, you know, I'm actually tuning up my Instagram, so you can find me on. You're tuning out. You're tuning up. Tuning up. You can find me on uh, making it better. Uh, I took your advice. I'm gonna just Al D, A L D E E underscore A L D E E D P. I'm always getting on people going, why can't you just put your fucking name in there? <laughs> <laughs> they always got to make it cool. Well, right you know, I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm I'm an I'm a old school. Uh, I got into computers when I was a kid. I, I, uh, and I was into uh, bulletin boards and uh, hacking and shit, stuff like that. So... Um, so you got some of your name in there. <laughs> well, you know, we, no, we never, we never. It was a thing like never put your name because you know some hacker can find oh, you out and get all your you. stuff. So yeah. I know, but now it's like people want to find you, and it's like, I mean, it, it used it, to be like don't be findable. Now it's like yeah. people want to find you. So yeah, it, it just comes down to this. This is what I'm always telling writers and actors and everybody else. I'm like, look, the thing is, I can't being in the position I'm in now. I'm constantly like searching for a certain right. type of writer, right? So. 
if I only know Keith, but mm. I'm like, what's Keith's last name? Right, 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 right. And I got six other Keiths. I'm like, I don't remember which one he was. And I'm like, well, right. I'm moving on to the next dude. Then and you're moving on. Well, That's if you search locked. Alex Derrick, I come up. Mm. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You see, I gave that side eye. I know. I know. Okay. Hey, hey. That's what big bros are for, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Chris Derrick, where you at? Uh, I'm at unauthorized CBD on Instagram. Because uh, obviously Twitter is flaming out. Yeah, I think I'm probably gonna flame out at some point. Too. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. That's just dude is tripping, man. Like you gotta. Pay I for say the as I drive a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I was I thought about that as I was like oh. I just quit Instagram. That's funny. But I drive a Tesla. <laughs> what do you say? By Lucid. By Lucid. Lucid. Where's that? They're, they're a company based out of NorCal. They're the Tesla killer. Ah, really? Lucid, Lucid is what Rich is. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Hilliard Guest. You got um, Instagram everywhere, just Hilliard Guest. That's a pimp name in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Anchor, whatever you guys listen to. We're all over the world. Um, please give us a five star review. We need that for the metrics. What else we got, Chris? Uh, please support the show. A dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars at screenwriters. Million dollars. Yeah. You well, know. yeah. You can find us at the website, which is screenwritersrr.com, and you can find our Patreon link right there. Patreon is patreon.com slash um, patreon.com slash rant room. And that's how you can support us, and we would love it. And for, the, and for those who are already supporting us, we got nothing but love. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, just for the price of a beer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, you can keep this show going. You know, you got to get on there and, you know, help, help hook a brother up. You know. <laughs> Five dollars, Have a drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's what's up. Well, thank you, guys. And thank you again, Keith, man. Absolutely. Good to see you, bud. We're very proud of you. All the nice success. Yeah. And, um, dude, telling you, your episode's killed. I'm, I'm so proud. Killed. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah, it. I was just telling uh, Chris the other day about Paris's episode on um, on Dahmer <clears throat> and so that I, the, 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 the episode six. This, I was going to say six. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Dude. Dude. I have I never. Mean, here, let me just say this really quick. I've never in my entire life seen a scene where a bunch of de- you can say deaf, right? Deaf yeah. characters? Yeah. Okay. Hearing impaired. A hearing impaired, forgive me, characters were together, gay, mm-hmm. at a cafe, having a conversation about what it was like at the club. And they're like, bitch, such and such and such and such. Oh, well, you better, he trying to suck your dick. Like, I mean, full on, but here, wait for it. It was silent. Yes. They were just doing this. I know. And all you see is the, you know, the, the, the silent. Dude, it was, I was bad. It was, it was amazing. Was like, and wow. my wife knows one of the kids oh, really? in that scene. Oh, so cute. we were watching it. All right. And uh, uh, she was like, oh, that's I'll, <laughs> off camera. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you uh, who it is. But okay. uh, she was like, oh, my God, that's. Uh, and uh, so it was, yeah. it was also everybody's talking to me for this scene. motherfucking episode. Yeah, I, you know, what? I haven't seen it yet because I had this, this this visual issue. But um there's a movie I saw about seven years ago called The Tribe. Okay. 
And have you seen Tri- this? Well, there's a deaf play called Tribes. Maybe it's the same thing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, it was this guy. I think it's like a it's like a Ukrainian film, or it's a Hungarian film. Oh no! And it's about this uh, guy who goes. He's deaf, and he goes to to a, a deaf home okay. of like orphans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they are like criminals. Like they go out and do oh. crime, ah. and oh. it's fucking insane because. I want to look. It's all in sign language. Mm-hmm. No subtitles. No subtitles. And I you believe get it. it? Yeah, you but it, uh, if you can get it, you can get it. Then I'm getting amazing. Yeah, that's some it. good storytelling yeah. right yeah. there. Because you see it in their faces and their body language, yeah, 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 and, yeah, you know, yeah, and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. So you can get it. It's really, okay. really. But I'm not taking away from, from Paris. I'm just saying it's it's one of those things where I think as filmmakers. You have a there's something you can do because you're not worrying about dialogue. Yeah. That you can kind of focus in on the pictures in a way that, yeah. you know, is really interesting. So body language. Yeah, body language. It's just like yeah. behavior you see. I love shit, it. So. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you again, Keith. Thank appreciate you, you. Alex, Chris, Rich over there. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Everybody joining me for 2022, joining in with us. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2022. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I go, shouldn't he take us out with some poetry? I, just, some I was waiting for it, but I was, but I didn't. Didn't, I didn't he say he had that. bars oh, he like had bars, that. yeah. He got <laughs> dropped some bars. Yeah. Hey, being a rapper is yeah. dangerous, Come on. Uh, <laughs> I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high over Vale and Hill. I can do the daffodils. <laughs> anyway, uh, 2022. Yes, there you sir. Go. <laughs> Thank y'all. Peace, everybody. Peace. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. Yeah, I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We only grown shit. Welcome to the ramp room. Ah.